Hey guys, welcome back to That Happened. Welcome back to your 20s lifestyle podcast where we're here for each other's face plants. Yeah, so we are recording this episode a little early this week because I am going to Vegas. Yes, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I wish you would just take me in your luggage. Yeah, I know. I wish I could too. <laughs> I'm going to miss you. Aww. I feel weird going out and like on the on the town without you there with me. I know. I'm like your mother. I know. We're each other's We're mothers. Each other. We take care of yeah. each other. But we, like we always we look out for the other. Like none of us, like we wouldn't leave without the other. You know? I know. I know. So it makes me a little nervous, like not having you with me. Shit. I'll have to be a grown up. You'll just pace yourself. Yes. We, we have, we know our limit. We already, I already just have guidelines. Gotta, yes. No shop policy. Okay. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. No shots at all. I don't like doing that when I don't feel like completely comfortable in the environment. I'm going for a bachelorette party and I don't know like most of the girls going. So I'm just like, you know, I don't want to be the crazy <laughs> one. <laughs> you crazy? What? Never. <laughs> Never. That's so funny. Well, you'll have fun. And I honestly can't wait for us to recap that because I know there's bound to be some crazy stories. Yeah. So tune in next week for that one. Yes. Please do. I also just wanted to take a moment to thank everybody that's been, you know, listening in on our journey, um, kind of received some cool messages from people. And I know last week when we did our episode on being feral, we actually had people send in stuff, which yeah. was so cool. Which means people are listening. Yeah. And that means they kind of like trust us with like their information. So yeah, that was super sweet. We and appreciate all of you. We do. <laughs> um also I feel like since we've started this I've had multiple friends just like reach out to me sending me like crazy dating stories that have like recently happened or like things they're going through and I'm like please keep that coming I know (laughs) please I've just had like ghosts from my past reaching out to me like oh love the pod like oh what what have you been up to and I'm like I have not spoken to you in years. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Appearing from the woodwork. Yeah, they're coming out. Oh my God. Speaking of which, I had Ghost, who was mentioned on an episode previously, reach back out to me. Oh. Because he's Casper the fucking friendly ghost and just reappears. I was like, Ghost. Ghost. <laughs> ghost. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. You sent me that screenshot and you were like, here we go. It was so bad. Years this has been going on. Literally years. This man has the audacity to send me messages, not even like checking in. How are things? Can't even utilize real words. Yo. It's yo. <laughs> with like multiple O's. Month after month after year. It's just yo. And it's so yo. weird too because it used to be like consecutively like, okay, every couple weeks. Okay, then once a month. Then it went, okay, I haven't heard from him in like three, four months. This is so in the past now. It's not. Nope. He's no. still there. You think you'd ever be like, yo, want to hang? Just mm. to see. I just like don't know why I would. Do it for the pod. Should I do it for the pod? <laughs> Should I do it for the content? Yes. Okay. Because I'm on with, I'm so curious what he's doing with his life. This I was the guy who took her to Applebee's. Yeah, this is Applebee's. So, yeah. Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> Just Applebee's Gate 2019. <laughs> Applebee's Gate was horrendous. But um, yeah, maybe I will just to fuck around and find out. Yeah, why not? Yeah. But this week we've both uh, been keeping up with some drama. Lots of drama this week. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've been watching reality TV shows. Love them. Love them. Specifically, uh, Murdoch. Yeah, Murdoch. Is it Murdoch or Murdoch? I don't know. The the murder family. Yeah, we'll just call them that. Yeah. Yeah. So we both watched uh, the Netflix documentary. documentary. They did like a limited, I think, three episodes. Yeah, it's three series on Mm -hmm. them. Um, but we both watched it separately and both were just like, dude. Yeah. I was like, did you watch this? And his trial is currently going on right now. Right. So. And what is he in for though? Is it, is it for the murders now? Cause I thought it was also the fraudulent stuff. Well, for people that don't know, let's recap it really quick. Okay. Yes. Um, so it's basically about this really prominent, well-known family who has been lawyers in this small town for generations and generations. So they basically run this small town. And it's a southern state. So, yeah. like, very conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, it starts, the docuseries starts with this kid, very privileged, basically just has his family, like, wipe everything under the rug for him after he ran a boat into a dock while he was drunk. And this girl ended up getting killed. Yeah, literally, she fucking died. Yeah, he didn't face any type of reprimand. They tried to blame another kid who was there, right? That he was driving. Yeah, and they basically just manipulated the whole situation, like master manipulators from the get go. Yeah, and they had like sheriffs and different types of law enforcement, like kind of on their side, helping them do it. Oh yeah, I mean, he was he had like a police badge. And so he was, yeah, he would be the first one on, like, criminal scenes, and, like, he tampered with a bunch of evidence and, like, made it look like it was something different. Mm -hmm. But then after that happened, all of this stuff started coming out about his other son, and, like, a nanny that had worked for them for, like, over 20 years had been murdered, and, like, Mm -hmm. all this stuff just started coming out of the woodwork. And it was all tied to, like, well, the nanny specifically, insurance money Mm -hmm. that he ended up claiming said he was going to give to her son's. Never, never did. did but he was stealing a bunch of money from his firm from all of his clients mm-hmm. like he had all of these huge payouts and like the clients never saw a dime because he was just stealing it because he also had opioid addiction when i say <laughs> fucked up this is fucked so fucked up and you know what's even sadder too is just watching the son that died what was his name i know there was buster and then there was um was it paul paul was it paul it's paul yeah um i think they referred to him as timmy when he got drunk (laughs) which was so fucking funny to me when i found that out because i have a story for you guys another time but i know a a gentleman that we used to call two turn timmy all the time (laughs) so we'll just we'll talk about that later that is so funny but yeah um poor paul i feel like he was just never I mean, he did not do good things. Super privileged, though. Yeah. But I feel like he, from the eyes of other people, they kind of explained it as he never felt valued in his family. He never really fit in. And so he did turn to alcohol. He turned to a bunch of different things and started acting out. And he he got away with it. But then his dad, well, he's on trial right now, but Paul and his mom ended up getting murdered and they think the dad did Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So whole whole story and the trial for that's going on right now so he's on trial for stealing all of that millions and millions i think they said it was over like 14 million dollars some from insane his amount firm. Yeah. and then also i believe for the murder of his wife and kid um, so sad and then the crazy thing at the end should i give it away this is a spoiler alert by the way if you like haven't been watching or you plan to watch but he fucking tried to kill himself 
and make oh, it look like a setup between a drug dealer. failed hit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the it was just thing. so schemy. Yeah. And gross. Awful, awful people. Awful. Um, more drama, though. Speaking of awful people. Oh. Who are you thinking of? Hailey Bieber. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Fucking Hailey Bieber. I am so team Selena. Oh, me too, dude. I've been like, team Selena since, uh... With Selena? Selena. <laughs> I'm a team Selena. I thought we could just, like, move past that. <laughs> Sorry, I had to call you that <laughs> I've been team Selena. Yes, since Wizards of Waverly plays. Dude, me too. Like, she's so she's so beautiful. Just a gorgeous person inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys haven't been keeping up with the TikTok drama, there's been a lot of stuff circulating regarding Hailey Bieber making fun of Selena for certain things. I think it all started with the eyebrows. Well, I think before that. Selena was photographed by paparazzi swimming um, in a in a yacht or off the coast of some magical place. Living her best life. Living her best life. Literally looking amazing in her swimsuit. Maybe not the most flattering angles these photos were taken, but and let's like it wasn't photoshopped. No, like there we go again. It was just a photo of her. It would probably be like me, but she's also like five times skinnier and more beautiful. But (laughs) it'd be like me just. Walking around in the ocean. Yeah. Um, so anyways, these photos resurfaced and, um, or were surfaced. And so Haley and some of the Kardashians posted this rude ass fucking TikTok. Jenner. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Jenners. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then they ended up deleting it. Yeah. And they were like, oh, it has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. We were just having fun. Coincidence. Coincidence. And then it happened again with the eyebrows. Yeah. Like, Selena posted a funny video of, like, her getting her eyebrows over-laminated. And she literally was, like, calling herself out. She was, like, making fun of herself, just, like, having fun. And then they were posted another video of, like, them, like, zooming in on their eyebrows and, like, making fun of, like, not not making fun of her, but it was, like, directed at her. A hundred percent, I think it was. And Um, then they were like, oh, no, it's another coincidence. Like, yeah, it's funny, too, because... I think Selena had said in the video, like, oh, this is such an accident. And then Kylie literally posted on her story, this is such an accident. Like, captioned it. Like, yeah. how are how can you not be attacking somebody by saying this the exact same thing they literally said? How can you be that old <laughs> and still be doing this? How can you be a mother of two, have all of that money in the world, and feel the need to be so fucking petty? And that's like Selena Gomez because she she passed her up, um, Kylie and the followers because she's the most followed person on Instagram. She now. is now, yes. Um, but she even made a post and was like, "I'm taking a break from social media because I'm 30 years old. Like I'm too fucking old for this shit." Right. Like she's like, "I'm not gonna put up with it. It's not worth my time." Yeah. And we're all like, "You're better than everyone, anyways." Exactly. I honestly respect the shit out of that, and I think it goes way past just these couple instances. I think. It oh, really is her relationship with Justin. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you think that relationship is actually like between Haley and Justin now? I mean, we only see the media part. So I think that they really do love each other. But I think personally, Selena Gomez was like his true love. Mm-hmm. Like, I just get a connection with them that I'm like, they really, I think they're on another level. Yeah. And I think that Haley feels that, so she feels like she needs to attack Selena. I 100% pick up on that as well, and I think she gives me, Haley, gives 
love Goldberg vibes from you. Oh my God. Like trying to replicate and be everything Selena has been and is. Yeah. By literally saying the same shit she says in interviews. It's weird. Getting the same tattoo. Exactly. Like the ring that she had. Yeah. She, um, I think Selena had this cooking show she started in COVID. Mm-hmm. Selena and Chef. Yeah. She like says these funny things. And brings on her grandparents. Yes. Then Haley, Haley does, does it. Same thing. It's like, okay, girl. I don't know. I think she just feels threatened and doesn't know how to like handle it, maybe. I just don't think she's original. Like she gives me and I can't even shit on them because I I will admit I do watch the Kardashians. You do. I do that's, not. That's Pretty like cool. my secret closet show that I usually don't tell people. You'll watch it like when I'm not home. Yeah. And be like, I wasn't watching anything. No. <laughs> It's like my guilty pleasure for sure. Like closeted. Yeah. Um, but I kind of feel like Haley, she obviously has a fam- like famous family, but I feel like she's famous for really like no other reason. She's giving Kim Kardashian. Like, yeah. I'm married to somebody rich. Well, I'm going to establish myself. Jenner are friends. Yeah. They're like besties. I love like, that oh. you refer to them as just Jenner. <laughs> like Kendall and Kylie. <laughs> they are the same to me. Like, like you're just a blip in my radar. <laughs> a blip in my existence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. But yeah, I think that um I think that Selena and Justin's relationship was like and this is all just us seeing like what we want to see from the media stuff, but mm-hmm. I also follow like a couple mediums because I'm into that shit. Ooh. And they've done ratings on that whole dynamic before. And like multiple ones have said that Selena and Justin were like twin flames. Mm-hmm. And that like, you know, they have just like a magnetic pull to each other. Right. Which I feel like anyone can tell. I kind of feel like I'm calling it now that maybe they won't work out right now, but I do believe in right person, wrong time kind of like a Benifer situation, not saying I love Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, but I will say I maybe do. you love them. I do. Really? I, I like them. I'm together. kind of annoyed with them. Well, ben Affleck in general, like his face is just annoying to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like him as a person is annoying. Yeah. But them as a couple, I like. Okay. I mean, I respect. Yeah, I get it. But they give very, both very alpha vibes. Mm-hmm. Like they butt. But that's kind of like Selena and, and Justin, I feel like. I felt like it was so, like, a toxic kind of young love. See, I don't think it was toxic. Really? I think it was immature, but I don't think it was toxic. I guess we'll never really know because we weren't in it. I know we're talking like we're <laughs> friends with them. <laughs> but maybe one day they'll resurface. May I'm hoping so. I really hope so. Oh, my God. That would be, and looking at the song that they had. Oh. amazing. But this is the perfect um, intro into what we're talking about today. Yes. Which is relationship dynamics. Yes. So we're going to go over 10 of our different relationship dynamics that we have seen and kind of experienced mm-hmm. um, and, and some of our takes on them. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get into it. Let's jump in. So we wanted to talk about relationship dynamics today because we see and encounter so many different types of couples and the way that they interact and the way that they kind of um, are with each other. Mm -hmm. And none of them are necessarily right or wrong. Some of them are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Some aren't so great. But it's just so interesting to think about um, like how relationships 
work and what type of like personalities and ways people get along, Mm -hmm. you know? So we, we both kind of came up with 10 prominent ones that we see. Yes. um, And we just wanted to kind of get into those. Yeah. Let's dive in. Yeah. So the first one that I have is (laughs) the overly outgoing partner with the more shy, slightly socially awkward partner. I've definitely seen some of those. So like extrovert versus introvert. And Mm -hmm. I feel like those people pair up a lot. I'm envisioning somebody, a couple from high school right now, or not high school, college that we would both know. Me too. Are you thinking? That's what made me think of this. Okay. Yeah. Because it's like, and this is a very like prominent one. I feel like, like Mm -hmm. usually it'll be like a very outgoing, uh, like partner man or woman it doesn't matter who's who and they're always kind of pushing the other one like come out let's do this let's stay out later and then the other one's always just kind of in the background like let's go home or can we stay in and like I would rather just right or just like silently agrees yeah and like doesn't have any commentary and you're always like are you okay yeah they're kind of just more in the background and the other one is like overly Mm -hmm. like carrying the relationship In social settings. In social settings, because that's just the personality. And, like, that dynamic, personally, Mm -hmm. I don't think would work for me. Why not? Like, I would want a partner that enjoys – this is the weird thing about me. I don't know if I'm extroverted or introverted, because I definitely – both. I need, like, my alone time. I need my space. I need my chill days. Like, Mm -hmm. but I love going out, and, like, I love interacting with people. Yeah. And so I need a partner who also wants to go out and do things with me. So maybe you're more of an introverted extrovert or vice versa. Is but that I th- a thing? You, you can be both. I think I'm both. Yeah. I feel like you need, in order to recharge that time alone, mm-hmm. um, but you crave that energy from other people. Yeah. Which kind of fuels you. And me personally, I've always gone for men that are more extroverted and are more like outgoing mm-hmm. like I've never really dated a quiet guy okay and and even so I feel like with being extroverted kind of comes with taking the lead on certain things like we've talked about this in the past but you kind of let them plan certain things and you will be the follower yeah and even like in social settings like I'm social but I'm definitely not like Hey everyone, I'm here. <laughs> so I kind of like being with a guy who will be like, oh, I'm going to introduce us to everyone and like jump right in. Like I like having someone that'll just do that so that I don't have to. Right. You know? That's so funny. Yeah. I do appreciate that as well. But I wouldn't want to be with a guy who's like, oh, I would rather just stay in and oh, I don't want to go to that party. And like, I don't want a guy that's like not down to do things. Me either. You know? Yeah. So that's like a dynamic. It works for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's like the first one that came to mind is I'm like, there's all, everyone knows that couple Mm -hmm. that has the super crazy one. And then like the more shy, socially awkward, I don't want to be here one. Yes. You know, we all know one. And I feel like they make everyone just a little bit like confused. Like are you guys okay? (laughs) And in certain cases, I'm like, how are they still together? (laughs) How is this working? You're so obnoxious and you're so over it. Right. (laughs) That's so funny. So what's the first one that, like, you kind of thought of? Yeah. Um, one that kind of came to mind for me was the competitive and controlling dynamic. So you have somebody who is a little bit more headstrong um, 
and somebody else who I guess might be a little bit more alpha as well. So it, it's constantly leading to arguments and power struggles. Um, I feel like this couple is constantly battling their strong personalities and maybe arguing over who's making more money, you know, whose career is going to take president. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're both working towards growing our career in this city. One person gets an opportunity to go elsewhere, but why is your job more important? Why should I have to leave mine? You know, like almost like that. I know more than you, Uh like the power struggle, the power struggle couple. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Or alpha versus alpha. Mm -hmm. And I never really understand how and why those works. I, I think from the beginning of those types of relationships, it makes sense because you're like drawn to somebody who's your equal and Mm -hmm. uh, maybe has the same mindset as you. But at the end of the day, it's like, you're both just battling each other. Yeah. I think in those relationships, respect is a must. Like Mm -hmm. I'll respect you like you and what you're doing, you respect me and what I'm doing. And then we need to like work together on that. But I feel like what ends ends up happening a lot of the time in those is they just like compete, like out, try to just outwin each other. And like, it just doesn't end well. I agree. I can say, I do not see a lot of like alpha, alpha couples, like working out long-term. I don't either. I, I think you're right though. It does take that sense of respect. And ultimately what it probably comes down to is communication. I wouldn't know because I've never (laughs) been in one, (laughs) but that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. And those couples, like the ones that do make it work Mm -hmm. are like power couple to the max. I know. Yeah. I don't even like, I can't even think of one personally that I know (laughs) that's quite like that. I just think celebrities, but then I'm like, do I even really know them? Yeah. Like personally, I'm not sure that I even know a couple that's like super alpha alpha that's like worked out. Me either. Yeah. Uh, famous wise though I just think of like Barack and Michelle Obama so true <laughs> like oh my god and it's just what I see in the media but like they work very well together yeah and like agree or disagree with their political views them as a couple they're like they, they support each other a couple yeah yeah it's funny you mentioned that too because I think I've watched some of Michelle's interviews she's come out a lot more just to talk on talk shows and stuff since they're um they were both in office or Barack was in office. <laughs> she was she, in, office. in my mind, she was in office. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she fucking ran that White House. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, she did talk a lot about having to kind of sit back and like let him do his thing. And that was really hard for her. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I think it's that that period of time where you just kind of have to. There's the respect trust. that plays in. Yeah. Like, I respect what you're doing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let you have that. This is your chance. I will yeah. have mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, the next one I want to bring up is the high school love dynamic. Oh. Like, those people that have been together since high school have a different type of dynamic. You think so? I mean, just from the few that I know, it's like you grew up with the other person and it's almost like they're a 50-year-old married couple now in their 20s. That is so true. And there's, like, so much, like, it's it's like a deep friendship Mm-hmm. That you've, well, that's funny because I know another one and they like absolutely resent and hate each other. That is so wild. And they're still together. Yeah, they're still together. Okay. Um, Like very together. That's so toxic. Uh, Yeah. But it's like you're, so I guess there's two sides to this. It's either like you're, you grew up together, you're best friends, you've molded with each other. And it's almost like you're one person, mm-hmm. you know, like we have a good friend who's dated someone since high school and like, they are literally just like two peas in a pod, like 
get along so well. And they act just like an old married couple. They do. And I think it's because, like you said, they grew up together. They've kind of experienced what each person needs in order to grow. So they're just always there, like without question. You know that person's going to do that one thing because they've been doing it for years. You just rely on them. They become... And that's like a jump start because it's like, oh, yeah, we've been together for like 10 years already. And it's like, holy shit, you're only 25. Yeah. Like that is just mind blowing to me. And like I've always been a little bit jealous of like couples that really work out from like high school relationships because I'm like, that is like beautiful to just like see mm-hmm. every part of your lives and grow up to like know someone so well like that. Yeah. You know, but then on the other side of the spectrum, <laughs> there is those couples that have been together since high school that just got too comfortable and like never got out of that. And now completely resent each other, but like they're married. Right. And they weren't able to push themselves on their own and find out what they liked. Mm-hmm. It kind of just became it's what the other like, person needed. Well, I'm stuck with you now. Mm-hmm. So, but I think about it, man. Like if I married my high school boyfriend, I'd be happy. Really? Yeah. That was the best relationship ever. He was so fucking nice to me. God, I wish I could relate. <laughs> Granted, he was Mormon. (laughs) Oh, my God. He'd be living in Utah right now. Oh, my God. Would you have converted? No, I would have made him, like, (laughs) demormonize. You're like, I already kind of did that in high school. (laughs) I did. That's so funny. But he was, like, I think back to it, and I'm like, because they have those things, like, would you rather marry the person you lost your virginity to or... Like, it's the second part. I forget. So that makes this story completely irrelevant. <laughs> but I get it. I know what you mean, where it's like comparing almost two bad things to to each other. But you're like, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. And I'm like, that was great. I probably should have married him. Oh, there's always time. <laughs> no, always... he's married now. Oh, he's okay. happily married to another I was going to say, girl. it could be like a Justin Bieber and Selena situation. We'll just <laughs> no, circle no, back. No, no. no. Okay. But it was, that was a great first relationship to have. Oh, love that for you all. like can't relate can't relate but I love Um, it for you um the second couple dynamic that I thought of was active and passive um and that kind of looks like when one partner is in charge um and does most of like the heavy lifting or the other kind of just like goes along for the ride and I thought specifically about this because I envisioned those couples where the one person plans an elaborate trip has the itinerary, everything, mm-hmm. excursions yeah. to the T. And the other person just shows up, you know? Yeah. And they're there for the ride. And that person that's doing the heavy lifting, I feel like most of the time enjoys that, yeah. enjoys taking charge. Whereas the passive person kind of just goes along with it. And they're also cool with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, I think that's something that needs to be, again, communicated and really talked about because I think that person that does the heavy lifting can become kind of um, resentful in, in the long run. I see that as like a very type A person with a very type B person. Yes. You know, yes. and I think that that dynamic works to a point, but I think sometimes the type B person can become too reliant. Exactly. On the type A. Mm-hmm. And then in turn, that makes them feel like they are doing literally everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, well, why isn't dinner cooked? Or like, it can go down to really mundane tasks. A hundred percent. After years of being together, they're like, why? Like, you need to, you need to plan some things. You need to get some order in the house. Mm-hmm. So I can see that like being a downfall. But some people 
are completely fine with that dynamic. Some are. I feel like this is the one dynamic I've experienced the most, though, where I felt like I've done the heavy lifting, and you know I like that. You're a little bit, like, controlling with that stuff, though. <sighs> like, you like doing the planning and stuff. I do, but... I've kind of grown to a point now where I'm like, I need some of that in return. Mm -hmm. There needs to be that, even if it's a 70-30 or a 60-40 some days, like, don't get me wrong. I I do enjoy taking charge. You like planning. I like planning. But I I would appreciate somebody who's going to cook me dinner when I come home and don't have to ask or something like that. Like, Like you said, it can come down to those little things. But I think the grand scheme of the relationship could work with an A and B type personality. Oh, for sure. I mean, I see relationships like that work all the time. Mm-hmm. Even with us, I feel like we kind of have that dynamic. <laughs> we do. Like, even when we go on trips and stuff, you're like, yeah. okay, so this and this and this. And then I'm like that little girl, like that meme, like, la-di-da-di-da. <laughs> like the girl from Monster Z, <laughs> just following along. I'm like, this will be fun. <laughs> I'm like, everything's fine. I can get drunk now. Yeah. <laughs> She has everything planned. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> that's so great. But I do like out of a lot of the relationship dynamics, I see the A and B working very well. Because mm-hmm. I I feel like if you have two type A's, that can get a little bit like of a, a power struggle, and that goes back to the competitive and controlling people. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Interesting. And I will say, I am a little bit type A. Yeah, but compared to you, I feel like I'm not. <laughs> Which is so funny because I grew up in a household where, like, my dad was super type A, mom is very type B, and I always thought I was more like my mom. And I think in certain ways I am, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, fuck. I am my father's daughter to a T. Dude, same with me. Really? My mom, I did not know how type A she was until I grew (laughs) up and moved out of the house, and I was like, holy shit. You mean not every family has cleaning weekends every weekend? (laughs) Did your mom ever set a timer on the microwave for like an hour and was like, we're cleaning until this beeps? Oh, no. She would make us clean until the house was fucking done. Oh, yeah. She was like, my mom is super organized, super type A. She is. Whenever I go over there, the house is immaculate. Yeah. It looks like a showroom. And I did not know that that was not normal (laughs) until I grew up and like had my own space. And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what's happening? We don't have to have cleaning weekends? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this is another one that I find really interesting. Mm -hmm. It's the dynamic where the masculine and feminine feminine energies are switched. Okay. So the girl is in her masculine and the guy is in his feminine. So it's not balanced. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So let me explain this a little bit. Yeah. In relationships like this, I – and, like, I kind of looked it up a little because, like, I've seen it before – But it's kind of where the guy is overly emotional. The guy has no boundaries. The guy is a little needy. Um, He's not being um, what you would typically perceive as like having masculine qualities. Mm -hmm. Whereas the woman is very um, like dominant, very um, almost overly aggressive, very controlling. Mm -hmm. And it's because you see this like, well, I'm, I need this from you and I'm not getting this. And I need this from you and I'm not getting this. And I feel like it's because you're not in the right, like energy fields. And this is obviously is for heterosexual relationships, like man and woman. Right. Um, but those relationships are always very interesting to me where like you see the woman being like, especially in family roles, like the protector, the, like the 
decision maker the like she takes on all of these things and then the the man is more so like a little more emotional a little bit mm-hmm. more feely less boundaries more like so when those when those energies are switched, I feel like the other person is always lacking in something and like wanting something else from their partner. Right. Cause she's like, well, I don't want to be the one that always feels like I have to be like um, watching over everything and protecting everything and doing this and doing that. And then he's like, well, you're so emotionally detached from me that like, I don't even want to have sex with you because I don't find you attractive. And like, <laughs> that's kind of what it, yeah. it gets into though. It does. And that happens a lot in marriages. I feel like, mm-hmm. Like the more you're in the relationship, like you might start to kind of lose yourself a little. And I feel like that's when that can start to happen. That's so interesting because I, as everyone knows, haven't really been in many relationships. So I don't necessarily know what this looks or feels like. And I, I can't really pinpoint anybody in my life that this resonates with, but I understand what you're saying. Do you feel like this type of dynamic was in your past marriage? Um, or was there other ones that maybe fit better? I think there's other ones that led up to that. Okay. But honestly, in my marriage, it kind of got to the point of like, um, I need to take care of you Mm. like that motherly almost, which is weird to say, but it's like, I have to make you do this. I have to watch over you. I have to make sure this gets done. It was like, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I wasn't in a relationship. I was, you became the provider, which in turn is theoretically what we look at as the masculine role. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know? Yeah. And it's like that. And that is another kind of relationship style that I have, but that mm-hmm. ended up becoming very, I became very controlling. Oh, because he wasn't being a fair partner to me. So in return, I felt like I needed to overcompensate and, well, you do this and why are you doing that? And, you know, I definitely wasn't perfect. I never say I was, but I overcompensated in being very controlling because that trust and like that stability wasn't there, Mm -hmm. you know, because I, I couldn't even trust that anything would be done or planned or, simple tasks, you know, it was just a whole thing. Right. So how did that shit? I don't want to get too in the weeds and get super emotional if if you don't want to answer it. But I mean, how did that make you feel? Like what were you just like dying inside feeling that way? Or did it make you feel good for a minute or, or not? It was a slow progression to get to this point because obviously it didn't start out that way. Right. Um, but once you're in it and we were in that dynamic where it was like, I don't have to listen to you. I don't need to tell you where I'm going. Like, I don't care about what you think. Like the all respect was lost. Mm. And so in return, I was like, just wanting that love. And so I was like, well, don't do this and be home by this time. And it was just, I don't even know how to answer it. It was just, yeah. uh, sorry. You don't, you don't have it was to just either. a shit show, yeah. you know, but and being in it, you don't realize it until mm-hmm. you're on the other side. And then you can kind of reevaluate the things that you did wrong and that you would redo. But being 20 years old, there's no, there's no right answer. Like you're, you're, you're playing on the fly. Yeah. You know, so you're reacting how the only way you know how to. And, and, and for me, that was control. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there was none. Right. You know, Ugh. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know if that even made sense. I just kind of rambled about that, but no, I think that was amazing. And I mean, your story is 
valid. And I think you should be able to share what you want to share. And if you felt like that, you know, dynamic resonated with you, then so be it. Yeah. You know, I just think it's really important to have a teammate. Yeah. You know, yeah. Whatever that looks like to you, but you need to have someone on your level, like equal playing field. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because that's kind of one of mine. Oh yeah. Okay. You go. Yeah. (laughs) Let me get off my soapbox. No, you're good. (laughs) Um, you're definitely good. But one of the other, you know, dynamics that I've kind of experienced is one of the best, or I would say the perfect couple, if that, that doesn't exist, but, um, happy. The only really great one that I came across was accepting and balanced. So they work together as that team, like Mm -hmm. you just mentioned, um, accepting each other's, you know, strengths and weaknesses and knowing when it's time to kind of lay off and let them do their thing. And when they need to come in and assist and like Barack and Michelle (laughs) (laughs) our number one couple, um, giving them, you know, their time to, to do them and, knowing that they'll always be there for you, maybe not a hundred percent right now. Um, but you know, they're, they're your person. Um, I feel like I'm just rambling as well, but, um, nothing's ever easy. So just being able to get uncomfortable during those transitions is really important. Yeah. And having another person who, like you said, you don't have to show up a hundred percent every day, but you know that like they're there for you. You can count on them. You can rely on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever that dynamic is, you have that foundation of like respect, accountability, trust. Right. Like, and knowing that your person's going to change and evolve over time, just like you are. Mm-hmm. It's but wanting to, to be there for the ride. Exactly. Yeah. Willing to accept that the person I met five, 10 years ago, isn't going to be the same person in another five or 10 years. Yeah. And I'm willing to do that with them. And I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> I don't either, but I think it's so beautiful. I do too. And that's like my fairy tale, like, yeah, ideal thing. I guess you know. maybe I do take that back. I mean, nobody's perfect, but I don't want to put my parents on a pedestal again. <laughs> but getting together so young and figuring it out as they, they went along for the ride, like they've changed so much over the years. But they've stuck with each other. Exactly. That's the thing. They've stuck with each other and kind of and accept navigated and you accept the other person for who they are faults and all mm-hmm. you're like okay you're a little bit more messy i'm a little bit more tidy mm-hmm. let's work on this like let's make it work let's and that's a or you're being a fucking asshole right now yeah <laughs> we'll get through it yeah you know what i'm perfect and you're an ass so. <laughs> that's me all the time but <laughs> that's so good do you have another dynamic for for our listeners yes i do okay so the other one I have, mine are all like bad. <laughs> That's okay. It's hard to come up with a. So I have the the toxic on again, off again, super high intensity couple. Oof. This is giving. This is giving when we were younger. I felt like I knew a lot of these couples. Yes, yeah, as, as we're getting like, I even feel stupid saying as we're getting older. As we're in our mid twenties. <laughs> yeah, but definitely when we were younger, this was very prominent. But like those mm-hmm. couples, I even in our age though, like there's those couples that are like mm-hmm. super, like a lot of passion, like a lot of love there, but it's like not healthy. It feels almost narcissistic. Yeah, a lot of narcissism, a lot of like leaving, coming mm-hmm. back no stability like those couples that are like I fucking hate him I'm never talking to him again 
and then the next day, you know, they're like, oh, Johnny came back and, and we're back together now. And I love him so much. Ugh, it's at like that point, it's like, I don't even want to know when you guys have your fights. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> the look you just gave me. Sorry. No. <laughs> For some context, <laughs> we might have experienced this with the marriage. Um, where I felt like I was like, fuck, I don't even know how to help you anymore. I know. But you figured it out on your own. And And that's what people have to do, right? And just to empower all the people out there that are in a relationship like this, like uh, emotionally abusive, toxic relationship, Mm -hmm. it will be okay. And not even, it doesn't even have to be abusive, but if you just feel really stuck and like not appreciated and like, you don't want to be there anymore. Yeah. Like you will be okay if you leave. And I was in a position where I didn't have a job. I had no money. I had a crap ton of debt. Like I felt very tied to my ex-husband and he would use that against me because he knew that. And he would use it as a tool to like make me stay. And at the end of it, I was like, you know what? I'm, I will, I will figure it out and I will make it work. Mm -hmm. And you know, you do that. And I feel like when you make decisions that empower you, like the world helps you. Yeah. Like it aligns. Like as soon as I left him, I moved back to my hometown and I instantly got two of my dream jobs within a week. (laughs) Like they just kind of fell into my lap. Right. And I was like, holy shit. And then from that, I was able to completely cut ties and pay off all of our debt on my own and just kind of be like, fuck you. Right. You know, like, so I feel like if you do things that align with you and empower you, like, sorry, I'm really passionate about this because no, it's just... It's probably like it's so important for young girls to hear that like you are so much stronger than you think that you are and like the world mm-hmm. the world doesn't if you feel like the world's against you you're not on like the right path not it's a mindset it's a mindset right and it's easier said than done I think in certain abusive relationships oh for sure and you know there's definitely a lot of tools and stuff out there that can help you mm-hmm. and I think and in people. your situation it it may have been just a little easier knowing that you had your family and a really great friend group that Thank like God. had your back. Mm-hmm. And some people might not have that. But ultimately, if you're in these situations, it came down to, for you, making that decision, which was so fucking hard. And like truly just walking away knowing in your heart, like, I am not coming back. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a mental, it's a mentality of like, okay, I really am done. Mm-hmm. Cause the amount of times I have, I came to you and was like, I'm done. I have to be done. This isn't working. I'm like, <laughs> this is awful. Just like crying to you mm-hmm. for a year. Yeah. You know? And eventually you were like over it. <laughs> I mean, it's sad because in I the wasn't... most loving way, but I'm... you were like, I, I have, I have nothing to tell you that you don't already know, mm-hmm. you know? And it was hard to say that because I, I wasn't over you. I was over him. I was over <laughs> the relationship. I was over the repetitive cycle. Yeah. And I was just like, you you know what you need to do. You will make that decision on your own. And thank God you did because it's been, it's been good. Yeah. And I will <laughs> say it took a pretty big thing to happen for me to like leave that. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it was the same cycle over and over and over again. But then like, it did take a really big, almost like hit the floor. I can't, I can't do this anymore type of thing for me to leave. So like rock bottom, right. it's almost what it takes for you to be like, okay, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel for people that are in those relationships where it's like, it's not healthy. It's not love. It's not okay. Like there is so much better for you out there. Mm-hmm. Like just 
Just fucking leave it. Just leave it. Yes. Have the courage. You have the courage. I will say. Yeah. I'm speaking to you right now, whoever you are listening, you have the courage. You can do it. You are strong. And, and it'll all work out. Yeah. The world will help you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as bad as. As it seems. As it seems. Everything gets better. Yes. It's not just the situation <laughs> that you're in right now. Think about it in a couple years and it'll be different. Yeah. So sorry to go on that whole um, tangent. We need to like liven things up a little bit. I feel like. Oh my gosh. I was okay. just about to get into one of my ones that went hand in hand with it. Though. Oh shit. Okay. So that kind of leads into one of my other ones, which was aggressive and accommodating. Um, I feel like one person in this type of dynamic is clearly in charge um, where the other kind of accommodates out of fear rather than passivity, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think this kind of stems from a lot of like upbringing, whether that's like childhood trauma, type childhood stuff. trauma, or just abusive relationships in your past, mm-hmm. um, that people kind of fall into those patterns. Like for instance, I've had friends in the past that felt like they had to lie to a partner about where they were going or seeing a certain friend because their partner didn't want them to see that person or didn't like that person. Yeah. And to me, that's very aggressive. And, you know, in return, that other person is just reacting out of fear. Yeah. You know? And that's like, that's not a healthy dynamic at all. It doesn't even have to be like overly aggressive. Like, how dare you do this? But it'll be manipulative or like cause a fight or like, Mm -hmm. you know, that relationship where one person's a little bit more controlling and it's like, Mm-hmm. it's not healthy yeah. <laughs> it's not for me no if you have to like um beat around like having a girls night mm-hmm. like no ma'am especially in this can happen with men as well though like there can be very overly controlling women 100 who are like how dare you go hang out i feel like it's almost more prominent like how how dare you go hang out with your guy friends right and he's like i just need a little space well why do you want space right but I'm thinking of certain family members, distant, um, but the dynamics where the woman is very controlling and doesn't even want the the gentleman to see the gentleman, the gentleman <laughs> um, doesn't want the gentleman uh, to see his family. Oh, my God. It, like, it can get down to that as well, you know? And yeah. it's just toxic as fuck. And I feel like that slowly progresses as well. Mm-hmm. Like you don't start out that way or else obviously you would never be with that person, but it slowly mm-hmm. becomes this dynamic of like, well, you're mine. Right. It's or like they slowly plant things in your head, like, you know, little comments about certain people or certain things just to make you shift your mindset of that person or situation. Oh, my ex-husband definitely did that with me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. With you. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he did not like me. Uh, for, yeah. Cause you weren't easily manipulated. And I was like, I don't like and you. And you were one of the only people that I listened to. So he was like, can't be with, can't hang out with her. So toxic. Yeah. So that can, that can become really bad. Even if it's just, you know, like I said, very passive in the way they do it. Like mm-hmm. maintain your own independence on that level of like, this is my life. This is my family. This is my friends. If you don't get along with them, that's your problem. hundred percent. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, that kind of goes along with mine, which is, this is my last one, um, controlling and submissive, which 
Mm-hmm. Might I say, is not always a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling some Fifty Shades right uh, now. Some Fifty Shades. I'm getting hot in here. Yeah. Like, I think controlling and submissive can be good as long as both parties are agreed upon, like that dynamic. That's kinky. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like all here for the controlling and submissive one. I'm oh like, God, I, I don't mind being submissive sometimes, <laughs> but submissive and with this. It can go, obviously, a very toxic way. Right. Um, uh, too much control. You can't do this. You can't wear. If a man oh ever tells me what I can and cannot wear. Fucking PTSD, right, when you said that. No, man. No. Oh, my God. That happened to you. That did. Yeah. In college. I was with my family at a fucking music festival. Sent this man a Snapchat of what I was wearing with my fucking father. The hair. Uh, yeah this one's the hair <laughs> we can refer to this man as the hair um I, yeah i was with my fucking family and i am i have larger breasts you have big tits uh, they're they're <laughs> hiding right now if anyone watches this video but like um when they're out they're out there's no hiding them yeah and, and which good for you yeah girl. I, god gifted me so i was like <laughs> you know what i'm going to wear this cute shirt mind you i was like fucking 19. you were with your family and i was with my family <laughs> like fuck off and he reprimanded the shit out of me like blew up my phone kept calling me was like threatening to break up with me because of what i was wearing mm-hmm. wouldn't let me post a photo like so controlling yeah that's not okay like mm-hmm. that in that dynamic that's not okay at all but in the dynamic of like, come here, baby girl. I'm gonna tell you exactly <laughs> what to do right now. I'm like, okay, sir, come here, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a good one. Oh my god. That's gosh. probably my well, in a kinky way. That's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> I will for sure call you sir. Oh my god, <laughs> daddy, dad. On the flip side, dad. <laughs> there's the disconnected couple which is my last dynamic um so the disconnected couple would be more like roommates you know oh for sure and I feel like this actually is seen in people that have been married or together for a very long time where it just kind of comes down to that comfortability you have nothing left in common you only talk about the weather maybe your kids you have job yeah you give job and life updates and there's just no like no chemistry or spark. I will disagree though that it happens in married couples. I think this can happen in 20 somethings also if you've been in a relationship like that two year lull, that three year lull, mm. or even that high school love dynamic. Like I feel That's like true. it can kind of turn into that. Where it's like, just like I know everything about you. It's like we're friends, mm-hmm. not lovers. I was gonna say that, but I felt like <laughs> cringy. We're not. We're friends, not lovers. <laughs> lovers. Eric, what happened to us? We're no longer lovers, sweetheart. <laughs> no, but that actually, that is bad. I feel really bad for those couples. It's, it's probably going to be so sad, too, because it's like you probably still look at that person as your best friend. Yeah. You don't want to leave them. Mm-hmm. You love them. You have love for them. Yeah. But are you in love anymore? That is what's fucking sad. I know. And it's like, we we oh. are happy, but like, this isn't what I want anymore. Mm-hmm. That makes me think of that one movie with Jennifer Aniston. Hmm. 
And I really wish I could remember the, it the breakup right now. Yes. Yeah. That makes me think of the breakup where it's like, we have loved each other and we laugh together and like, you're my best friend. But at the end of the day, like this just isn't what I want anymore. No. Like she wanted a little bit more. She needed a little pizzazz. Yeah. And, and even he, like while they were breaking up, like they still had that dynamic of like coming back to each other and yeah, wanting to call each other about their friendship. days. Yeah. Oh, I hate the way that movie ends, by the that way. That gives me the chills. That because I'm so like, sad. that is just so, like, sad. Mm-hmm. And you do see that a lot with, like, new parents, married couples. But that happens in a lot of relationships where it's like, mm-hmm. that spark kind of just fizzles. I feel like I'm, <laughs> this sounds so stupid, but I feel like I've felt like this recently with just a lot of people I've been dating in the past where it's like, I respect you as a person. I think you're a great person. And I guess this goes if they haven't ended things with me. Because <laughs> um, I probably wouldn't be talking about this. But for the people that I have, I'm like, there's nothing against you. Like, I've enjoyed our time hanging out. I like you as a person. Would love to be your friend. That sounds so bad. Like, I'm friend zoning you. But this just isn't what I want. You know? Yeah, for sure. Well, all of my relationships have completely exploded, so I don't have that, but I can completely You're see You're like, where... for sure, for sure. <laughs> like, if I saw any of my exes, I think that... Really? Oh. Really? Well, I'm thinking of, like, well, actually... <laughs> I think I have some guys you kind of dated in between. Oh, no, I've had, like, little flings, and, yeah. like, those ended fine. Okay, yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the majors. <laughs> We're talking major leagues right now. I don't go out without a bang, guys. We know that. <laughs> oh my god, that's so that good. So funny, but I do have some. Um, that was your last one, right? That was my last one. Okay, so I do have some questions. Okay, that I have for you. I have some questions as well. Should we get into those? Yes, let's jump right in. <laughs> So, um, my first question, will you ever tell your partner to change what they're wearing? You're going out, you want them to look a certain way, will you change that about them? I, okay, I feel like there might be two parts to this question, because one, I would not date a guy if I didn't like his initial style. Okay, that's such a good answer. Because, like, if he shows up wearing skinny jeans all the time, like, I'm probably not going to date him. <laughs> Poor skinny jeans. But if it's a man, and in general, I find him very attractive, I like what he wears, and then he shows up to something and, like, something that's completely not appropriate, in that case, I would probably be like, hey, can you put on your jeans that, like, don't have holes in them? Right, so depending upon the, like, event. Yeah, but in general, occasion. it's like, I accept you for how you dress, like, you know you do you whatever but if it's like completely you know how guys can sometimes just be completely oblivious Mm -hmm. but I will say the guy I'm dating now is pretty good about that like he'll see what I'm wearing and then like adjust what he's wearing accordingly I love that so you like always take precedent yeah so like whatever I'm wearing he'll like match my vibe for that okay yeah respectable Mm -hmm. love that and he'll sometimes even ask me like uh what so what are you gonna wear oh that's good (laughs) like knows like i should probably wear my jeans that don't have the holes that's our big problem you're like i'm like god damn it wear your other jeans you're like this has been an issue (laughs) (laughs) i like that dynamic though where the partner will ask you know 
what's the vibe? Yeah. Or vice versa, you yeah. know? Yeah, because he knows that I care about that way more than he does. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll happily show up in whatever, like, a t-shirt and whatever. Right. Um, but he knows that, like, that's more so a little bit important to me. So he'll be like, oh, well, like, what are you going to wear? And I'll match that. Totally. Yeah. This just popped into my mind, kind of going off of this question. Would you ever do a matching shirt type thing, matching outfit situation with your significant other? 100%. You would? 100%. Oh my God, I love it. I think that is so cute. Really? Yes. And I want to do like the funny ones. Like, have you seen that old couple and she's wearing the shirt that says, I'm Jan. And his says, if I'm lost, find Jan. Yeah. Like, I think those are so funny. Those are so cute. Like, I would love to get, like, a little couple of shirts that are funny. I, I honestly kind of used to fucking hate them. I thought they were so cringy. Me too. But I, I kind of love it now. I went to... No hate. Yeah. I went to Disneyland with my family this past year. And we all had matching t-shirts. And I honestly... <laughs> I was, like, honestly kind of proud. I was like, yeah, I'm with them. And it's like, if you're- Because you're just dorks together. Yeah, I know. You know? And if you're with a man who's cool enough to just be like, okay, babe, I'll wear this. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah. Right? Like, you won. Uh, <laughs> like, I love that. This makes you happy. I'll wear this stupid fucking t-shirt. Exactly. And you're like, thanks, babe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My question is, do you believe in the reacher-settler dynamic? The fuck is that? You've never heard of the reacher-settler dynamic? No. Really? Can you educate me? You don't watch How I Met Your Mother? No. Okay, so there's this dynamic that in every relationship, there's a reacher and there's a settler. So one person is kind of like a little bit out of the other person's league. So they're like the the reaching one. And then there's the person that's like settling just a little. Oh, okay. I understand now. So somebody who's just a little hotter than the other person. Not even hot, but just like in every way. Like, in every way, just like a little bit. Like you could more even elevated. Say a little bit more of like the chaser or mm. like the one that's a little bit like the reacher and the settler. You know, it's interesting <laughs> that you ask that because I keep hearing, you know, you should end up with a man who loves you or man or woman who loves you just a little bit more than you love them. That's another one of my questions. Oh my God, really? Yes. Yeah. And I just don't know if I. Maybe I'm the one that wants. I don't know why. I feel like I'm the one that always loves somebody more. It's hard for me to find that person. Like, if somebody's, like, way more into me than I'm into them, I'm, like, immediately no. Like, I get grossed out, and I think that's just a personal thing that That I need to work on. (laughs) That is. Because I do love being appreciated. I do love being loved. I want that. Yeah. But I think when you know that that person just is that much slightest amount more into you it's like really I like that oh (laughs) really yeah that's so funny you bring that up though because my next question I was going to ask is should the guy love the woman more interesting and I think that the man should love the woman more okay but I guess maybe this comes in with like being bi and like liking women too it's just so hard for me to really see that as like one way or the other yeah and that that adds a whole other spin to it right because i like you know <laughs> love, like, i don't know <laughs> i love men and so like i don't know how you would even navigate like mm-hmm. the dynamic of being with another woman right and i'm not saying like i have a lot of experience because well, i you don't have a little bit though. i do but like 
I feel like I've always been the person that was a little bit more invested either way. So, but it's because you run away when people show a lot of interest though. I do, which is funny because I like to be in control. So I don't know why you like chasing guys that like, <sighs> so we're really getting into it. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. So reacher settler dynamic, my take on that yeah, is give me I, think, your take. I think there's always a reacher and there's always a settler. And to be honest, I think a lot of the times the guys are the reachers. Really? You can see these hot ass women mm-hmm. with these men that are like a solid six and a half. Okay. You know why? Because women care about finances, stability, and if you're fucking funny. I think and a kind man. Yeah. And men focus a lot more on looks. Yeah. I feel like men focus on looks a lot more than women do. Because, like, if he can make you laugh, if he's financially stable, if, like, he has a good, like, head on his shoulders, I feel like that makes him so much more attractive. Whereas if, like, the girl doesn't have as big of an ass as you want or, like, isn't your type, like, that will instantly turn you off. That's so So gross So I feel like I see a lot of relationships where, like, the women are a lot hotter than the guy because he has a great personality. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. I do. I just don't think I agree because I, I think it's just, I mean, I, I want to agree. I think it's just sad that that's what society is like. Like, I think it's gross. On the men's part? Yeah. I find that really fucking annoying. I mean, yeah, but women have been objectified forever. And I think that's what it comes down to is like, that is just how it is. That is just how it is. And I'm not saying that's okay, but I'm saying right. I see that a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. women really focus on like, and women are more emotional. So like they want that emotional connection and men are more physical. So they want that physical connection, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you do see like that, like, do you ever see a couple walking down the street and you're like, how the fuck (laughs) did he get her? Like, he must be real fucking funny or have a lot of money. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So fun. (laughs) Yeah. I, I definitely have, though. You know? Like, mm-hmm. that's just, like, hate, like, admit it or not, that just kind of is true. Mm-hmm. So would you say that Reacher, Settler, um, and then the man loving the woman more question kind of go hand in hand? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And I think that it is important for the man to love the woman a little more. Okay. Interesting. Moving on. Um. Okay. <laughs> this is so funny that this is my next question. How much does someone need to make in order for you to be with them? I don't care how much they make. I care about their work ethic. I love that. So it's like, you don't need to make a lot of money because I'm not going to depend on you financially, probably ever. Snaps to that. But if you have a shitty work ethic and you don't make a lot because you have a shitty work ethic, I I don't like that. Okay, so then you'd have some some drive. Yeah, goal-oriented. And the goals that they have. Like, if you're lazy... Mm-hmm. If you don't have any goals, if, like, you're just barely getting by, right? it's not about the money. It's about, like, just your personality in general, and I don't like it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> what about you? I feel the same way, honestly, and I kind of want to be pushed by somebody. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to make more money than me, but maybe they do have a job that is, I don't know, more, what's the word? Um... I don't want to say time, no, not even lucrative or time consuming, but maybe it's, it's higher pressure than mine 
just seeing how they can handle that and how they can mm-hmm. persevere, that would push me. Yeah. You know, I want somebody who is willing to take on the unknown and maybe even be like more entrepreneurial or a little bit more free with their direction Yeah, when it comes to a job. Because for me, I like that stability in mine. Mm-hmm. And I like, as much as I hate to say it, I do my, like not mind clocking into my nine to five and doing my job and getting it done. Whereas I would love to be with somebody who's like, I'm building this from the ground up, you know, or. Well, that's so funny you say that because I'm more entrepreneurial and I tend to like the guys that are a little bit more stable, like in that's their job. That's so funny. It's like, oh, like, you know, you mm-hmm. have an office job or you work a nine to five. Like, I kind of like that stability because I'm not like that at all. Right. It's like you the know? opposites. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> That's a good question. But yeah, the money, the money itself doesn't matter to me. Okay. Um, because I'm going to be a millionaire regardless of what you do. So <laughs> fuck you. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Is it my turn? Yes. When do you think couples should move in with each other? Oh. Oh. Um, That's hard. I definitely believe in moving in before marriage. I'm not a person that thinks you shouldn't live together before you're married. Um, I just think it's important to know, excuse me, I think it's important to know how that other person lives and, you know, if you can even tolerate them, you know? Um, I don't know if there's like a number on that. Yeah. That's really hard. Don't be a U-Haul type person. (laughs) Don't be a U-Haul lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> Second date, I'm moving in. Yeah, no. Definitely don't do that. I think it's important to, I, if we're throwing out a number, I'd say ballpark, maybe like six months to a year. <gasps> like just to live with somebody. My perspective on this has changed. Okay. Let me share it. Now you have more knowledge in this than I do. I will say I've lived with multiple men. <laughs> <laughs> At one time. No, I'm joking. <laughs> She's like sister wives, but reverse. Like prostitute. Sister or what is it? Brother husband. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I have lived with a couple boyfriends and my ex-husband. Um, and I did used to like have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though, the next man that I live with, I will not move in with him until we're engaged. Really? Yeah. I think that there's a sense of independence that should be kept. Okay, I kind of do like that because, you know, the engagement could last a year or so. Yeah. You're still going to have that trial run. Yeah. I, I think but it's that, making that commitment first. I don't think that you need to lose your independence until you have um, someone who shows commitment to the relationship, like until there's that mm-hmm. step that's wanting to be made. Because, and again, my perspective has completely changed on this because I've lived with multiple guys before and like it was never a problem. But after being, divorced it's like why would I give up my independence and my stability because with that comes you know shared finances rent um bills food groceries like Mm. that encompasses a lot of things and it's like why would I give up my independence when this isn't even a a guaranteed thing you really just changed my whole perspective on that right now yeah I don't know if it's okay to retract an answer but I kind of I kind of love waiting until you're engaged. Yeah. It does make sense. I think every couple's different. Of course. I've never had that head over heels in love. I'm ready to move in with somebody. I kind of want that feeling one day. But I think <laughs> and you'll have being it. logical, 
um, it would make sense to to wait. Yeah. Because you don't want to be fucked over. That's so true. And I was like, you know, I was like, why would I wait? I love them. Like, I want to see what they live like and all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, don't lose your independence until you know that there's a little bit of like security and, and mm-hmm. you know, something there for you that that will be a, a for sure thing. Wow. And you can, you'll know what they're like. I mean, you'll stay over at their place. They'll stay over at yours. Like you guys will have a, a deep relationship, but mm-hmm. for you to give up everything and, and just combine your lives and finances. And it, it just makes it really messy. If it, if there isn't that engagement in marriage that like you want, mm-hmm. it's unnecessary. Fuck. You're right. <laughs> I don't say that too often. But you're right. <laughs> Someone write this down. Oh my God. <laughs> she agrees with me. <laughs> we have it on record. I agree. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Um, my next question is, when is the first fight in a relationship acceptable? And I don't mean like a little bickering. Like, when do you feel like, okay, we had our first fight, but it's not a major red flag. Like it was, it was time for us to (laughs) disagree on something. After you have sex, whenever that is. Dude. (laughs) Okay. But so we're abiding. Okay. We have this three date rule Mm -hmm. that we've discussed. Yeah. So, if, you know, if you've been on three dates, mm-hmm. third date, you have sex, mm-hmm. fourth date, you're you're allowed to have a fight? Yeah. Really? I feel like if you're going to let him, like, insert his penis into you, <laughs> then you are allowed to, like, feel a negative emotion towards something he does. <laughs> you just choke him in Oh, my God. I think as soon as you make that commitment to have sex and, like, have mm-hmm. that type of relationship – then, you know, there might be fights because there's higher emotions involved. Okay. Fair enough. What do you think? I did not have an answer for that one. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to hear yours. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think that once you, like, and once, and this isn't, like, a one-night stand thing, but this is, like, if you guys are dating and then you have sex and mm-hmm. after you have sex, like, fight. But if you're fighting before you even have sex, ew. Fucking leave. Ew. Block him. Ew. Ew. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. No. Immediately, no. That shouldn't happen. But I would say, yeah, some fights happen maybe like month one, month two, month three. And they don't have to be big fights, but they could be disagreements. Right. Yeah. I didn't mean anything crazy, but I meant like, you know. Yeah. A healthy fight. You're going to fight with people. You're going to fight with your significant other. It's mm-hmm. bound to happen. A hundred percent. Especially if you're someone like that. Like you? Yeah. <laughs> That's headstrong and stubborn and like <laughs> has opinions about things and doesn't back down. Like oh, she fight. doesn't, she doesn't back yeah. down. We will argue. That does not happen. But you know, it's all about the respect. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. What is your next question? Okay, my next question is: Is it when is it okay to start sharing finances and money? God, you're asking me these things like I've been in relationships. But, like, just your own opinion about it. Like, if you were okay. in a relationship. Let me take a moment. Um, To start sharing finances. And you mean, like, shared bank accounts? Or you mean, like, pitching in for things? Okay, let's what say you were, like? let's say for you, you were dating a guy. Okay. And he go, you're living together. Mm-hmm. Um, you're six months in. Okay. And you have your different bank accounts and he goes, well, I want your password and you can have mine too, to your bank account, just so we can hold each other accountable. So he can, he can view it, but he can't like have access to it. 
You can see it though. I think for me, <laughs> knowing how I manage my money, that might be a good thing to have somebody hold me accountable. Um, that sounds so bad, but I'm like, I probably wouldn't, no. I probably wouldn't mind that advice if I really trusted that person. Um, but I, I honestly don't think I'd want to share my money with somebody until I'm married. Till you're married. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. I just don't see the point. I definitely agree. And like, okay, we're going on dates. I'll get this one. You get the next one. Like, I'm not the type of person that's going to be like Venmoing you fucking for half of our dinner or like, you know, going to the grocery store. I need this for toilet paper type thing. Like, I'm not going to be like keeping a spreadsheet and a tally, but like, I think it's okay to pitch in when if he makes way more than you. And is he expected to pay more? No, but I think if he makes way more and is willing to, you know, do certain things for me or is willing to take me places and offers to pay, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. I think it's just about how it's presented because I, I wouldn't kind of hate if somebody was like, no, like you don't make as much as me, like don't spend your money. Like if somebody told me that I'd be like, but I can No, and I I completely agree that finances shouldn't be shared until marriage Mm -hmm. or engagement, let's say, because, like, if you're still apprehensive at engagement, you probably shouldn't marry them. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like at engagement, you should do everything that, like, you would when you were married. Mm -hmm. Um, But I completely agree with that. And I also think that – I think that things should be split on a percentage – what do you mean? Personally, like if I were to marry someone again, I would want things, you know, so I think that I would always want my own bank account. Mm-hmm. He should I have agree. his own and then we should have a shared one Okay. for the community bills. Mm-hmm. And I think a percent of my paycheck should go in and a percent of his should go in. Right. So 60% of what you make, 60% of what I make go into the shared. Okay. You know, and so if he makes... Five hundred thousand dollars, and I make two million. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I love it. Then you know, sixty percent of that will go in, sixty percent of his will go in, and then Mm -hmm. we each have our own. Okay, but I'm still contributing the same amount in a percentage value. Yeah, based on like, well, you you paid a hundred dollars for this, and I paid two hundred for this, and it's like, well, you make two times what I make. Right. Like, I don't think finances should ever be a problem. And I also don't think things should ever be controlled. Like what I have in my bank account, mm-hmm. which I will always have, is my separate bank account. Mm-hmm. What I have in there is none of your business. If I want to go get my nails done, have a spa day, buy my $100 Lulu legging, leggings, Lulu <laughs> leggings, say that 10 times. No kidding. Then I'm going to do that and I'm not going to ask you. Right. I think it's easier said than done that like finances will never be an issue because I think obviously it there depends. are women who are also stay at home mothers, but also I think it just depends on which you is know, a job, your circumstances. Yeah, it is a job. Yeah. Um, it depends on your circumstances, but I have to agree with you there. Like being able to, to have your own money to do your own things is something that I will always want and value. Mm-hmm. Also, I think if you're a stay at home mom, you should be getting a percentage of, you should be getting well. paid hourly from his fucking paycheck. Like, I charge $30 an hour, sir. Put, put that in my fucking bank account right now, and I will go have my spa day. Literally. Like, you deserve to, like, never even have to ask anything because that is, like, an angel's job. That's a thing. Yeah. I think maybe we can talk about this on another episode. 
maybe purely just finances, but I think the whole asking your spouse for money Mm-mm. is just nothing I ever want to do. Ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. No. Yeah, no. Um, okay. How do you feel about your person having um, close friends of the opposite opposite sex than you um, and you don't really know them? So, like, your boyfriend is really close with a certain woman that you would love to meet, you haven't met, talks about her all the time, they hang out one-on-one. How do you feel about that? So, this happened to me in my current relationship. Oh. But... I think it comes down to trust. Mm-hmm. So if there's that foundation of trust and respect, then okay. That's fine. Okay. But if you've ever done anything to make me feel uncomfortable about it, then you need to respect that in me. Mm-hmm. Knowing that I'm not a controlling person and knowing that makes me feel uncomfortable and then respect that boundary as well. Right. So I think it, it that's a very like gray area because it's like if you've only shown that you respect me and love me and that I can trust you, mm-hmm. then yeah, sure, going out with her. But if you don't have that, then I'm going to have a problem with it and you need to understand why. Right. You know? I agree with you on that one. I think it comes down to trust. And honestly, I'm like, if you're such close friends with this person, why can't I meet them? I feel like it gets to that point. At if, a certain... if you can't meet them, that's fucking weird. Yeah. I, I did, like, my my current boyfriend had a very close girlfriend that he would hang out with one-on-one. And, mm-hmm. and but I did meet her. Right. You, you guys know? would hang out. Yeah, we would hang out, and it was fine. Yeah. I and think that's normal. It's also my perspective of, like, if you want to fuck around, go for that. But I'm better. So, oh fuck my you. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> Are well, you are like, you in, are you leaving that situation then? Well, they'll do what I'm saying is like if you're worried about that, they're gonna if they're gonna cheat on you, they're gonna cheat on you regardless. Mm-hmm. Like you can't stop it, you can't control it, you can't you can't manipulate that situation. Like if they're gonna cheat, they're gonna cheat. Right. So you just have to you have to trust that you're with a man who respects you enough not to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you need to be really overbearing or controlling in that sense, then they're probably already cheating on you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and then you have to have the perspective of like, okay, well, fuck you. Like I'm better than her, which I was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and let's just preface that didn't happen. There was no cheating. Not with my current boyfriend. Yeah. No, 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 no. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to make make it seem like he did or something. Oh no. He's, I wouldn't be dating him if he did. He's very respectful and I trust him a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I was referring to my past relationships. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was combining the experiences. But no, I completely trust him to hang out with, with women and girls and mm-hmm. whoever he wants to. Love that. Without a problem. Do you have another question for me? My last one. Okay. Should you have to ask your significant other for permission to have a girl's night out? Um, I think it kind of is a two-folded thing. So... If we have kids, yeah, like, I'm going to communicate with my husband or partner, like, hey, I have this thing coming up. I I want to go hang out with them. I'm going to do this. Let's Not even in 20s. Okay. In our 20s. In our 20s. Reverse, reverse. Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm like, <laughs> there's different levels to this. Yes. But um, I guess in your 20s, then no. Like, if I don't have anything planned with my significant other, like, I'm not going to. I don't need to ask you. Mm-hmm. 
Like I can do my own thing. You need to tell them, but you don't need to ask. Right. Yeah. Like I'll be like, hey, I'm doing this by the way. Yeah. But I don't feel like there's a need to ask. Like, why would I ask you? Like, I could just imagine (laughs) me going to my boyfriend now and being like, can I go out with Jesse to a concert? Yeah. And him being like, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm not your dad. I'm daddy, but I'm not your dad. Right. Yeah, no, I just, I could never see myself having to ask somebody. No, I completely Like, if there's agree. not already, like, set plans that you'd be interrupting, like, no. Like, those girls that are like, oh, he said no. Ew. <laughs> like, like, that could never, that will never be me. Sorry, that was obnoxious, but that is so funny because it's like. Because you know people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Okay, last question on my end. It's going to be a hard one. Which relationship would you rather be in? Um, and this is just based on their dynamics, who they are as people. They're celebrities. Okay. Okay. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Pink and Carrie Hart, oh which God. is Pink's yes, husband. I know. Or Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendes. These are so hard. They're all fucking power couples. Okay. To a degree. They all have, like, different aspects. Let though. me talk through this for a second because I fucking love Pink. I know. And I love her dynamic that she has with her husband. Did you watch her documentary? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So good. But Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, like, the way he looks at her. And the way they fuck around with each other. Yeah. Like, that is, like, a soulmate fucking level. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to go with Pink. Okay. I am. Because, like. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I love her. And, like, the way that her husband supports her and, like, their dynamic, I just, like, really, really love. Because, mm-hmm. like, he is there. He's not one of those, like, absentee dads. Like, he respects her. He supports her. He helps her with the kids. Like, their dynamic just seems, like, really fucking fire. But he also has his own shit that he's doing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Wasn't he a hockey player? I thought he was in the music industry or something. Oh. But maybe I'm... Well, but regardless, he was also, like, had a very good profession as well. Exactly. Like, he's always, like, there to, like... He's a very present dad and also is, like, a very supportive husband to her. From what we've seen, at least. Mm-hmm. So. I've actually met them. What? <laughs> I think I told you this when I worked X Games. Oh, my God, you did it! I freaked out yeah. like this! Oh, my God. Yeah. Pink is, like... If, if I could idolize anyone, it is Pink. I love her. They were awesome. Idolized love. And they were super humble in person too. Like, I mean, it was very brief, but like great people. Oh, she seems like in there. She kind of just like lets her kids like, just like not like run amok, but like they kind of just like do what they want. And like, she's just like a very chill parent. And it was, it was really neat to see. I aspire to be pink. Me too. (laughs) Oh my God. Anyways, we hope you guys liked this episode. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and listening to my rants. Ugh, listening to me agree and disagree with you. Yeah. (laughs) That happened. That's what's happening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.